2: Welcome back to the SBS Sports Talk Show, presented by the Sports Business Society at UVA. I'm Michael Rockless, along with my co-host, Mike Popper, and as always, our producer, Will Harden. This week, we have a double Who's That segment? Who's That? With Stephen Green, we're going to be talking some World Cup qualifying and get into some NFL with him. And we have our other segments as usual. Make sure you listen to this at one5 times speed. Hit it! we like sports and we don't care who knows i'm shooting hoops to the super Bowl
1: we like sports and we don't care who knows football, football, tennis, hockey, football. so
2: we're gonna keep it short and sweet this week uh so we got we're gonna start with our read option mike you got read for me
0: yeah i do and it's a pretty good read for me uh, si.com article about isaiah thomas it's called um best year of my career worst year of my life and that kind of Speaks to the kind of up and down year Isaiah Thomas has had, you know, played incredibly well during the season, had the terrible tragedy in the postseason, then the hip injury, and then Danny Ainge trained, trades him. And, you know, probably the biggest thing out of here is how he, he doesn't blame the Celtics. Uh, You know, he doesn't blame Bad Stevens. He doesn't blame any of the players. But he does say that he will never talk to Danny Ainge again in his life. He, can, he is certain of that.
2: That's pretty harsh.
0: You know, Isaiah Thomas is kind of an interesting case.
2: We've talked about this trade before. Uh, but here's really that just big-time hero in Boston. And, uh, you know, I was kind of a big proponent all along of it didn't make sense for them to keep him long-term. So, you know, for him to go out in this way is a little bit surprising because even in the trade to a rival, that's the Celtics' biggest competitor in Cleveland, it still
0: seems like Boston fans are pretty receptive to supporting IT. I think the the other biggest thing is, you know, they didn't trade him to a place where, you know, it's going to be easy for him to make money either. You know, the, he could have gone to gotten traded to the magic or the nets or somebody and they would have re him long-term deal pretty much no 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 problem but instead they trade him to to the Cavs, where he's got a, he's you know where he's, he's gonna have trouble the third being option exactly yeah. he's the third option and he's never gonna be able to get long-term deal there
2: yeah i think the hip injury for him is also an issue but I, I don't know. I think they, I, I personally think they did him a solid. They gave him a chance to play with LeBron. And honestly, the uh, comeuppance for him will probably be a little bit sweeter because I think they're going to take out Boston in that uh, Eastern Conference finals. That's what seems likely to me at this point. Uh, but it's just kind of an interesting trade, which we've hit on before. Just when you have the two biggest competitors in the same conference making an absolute blockbuster deal involving, you know, of the teams, you know, three best players each they you know they really traded some some high quality yeah. guys so it's just kind of an interesting move and uh tough to see IT go out on a on a tough note you know for someone who's kind of
0: had this remarkable trajectory to uh, start him. yeah and you hope that he comes back at the same you know level he was at maybe that that gives the Cavs a chance to to fight with the warriors for that for that championship but what do you got for me this week mike
2: yeah i i have this article from uh, 247sports.com says Bron and this is from Mel Kuiper. He said Bronco Mendenhall, UVA's own Bronco Mendenhall is the most
0: underrated coach in college football. I'm loving it. I'm loving it because, I mean, we all know Mel Kuyper has never been wrong before.
2: No, Mel so, Kuyper is the go-to sports personality, just, you know,
0: hey, dot dot. you know, he's, hey, <laughs> he, uh, he's he's
2: always right, you know, he's got the draft thing on lock, so he obviously watches a lot of film, a lot right. of college football. You know, that makes him and, knowledgeable. Yeah, and I trust his opinion on this one. It works for me. The Who's uh, big win against Duke this week. I've, the bowl game's looking real good. We,
0: that scent is getting stronger, Mike. Yeah, the, that Rankin scent is getting stronger. Yeah, we play at UNC
2: this weekend on Saturday. That's an easy win. Uh, and we're favorite. We're road favorites. I mean, what? Since, When's the last time we've been road favorites? I probably not in our time here. It's yeah. really remarkable. You look at the schedule coming up. I mean, this is a team that can can win some games and All really right. get on the right track. And the thing about Mendenhall Bronco, as we affectionately call him here at UTA, yes. which Mel Kuyper <laughs> noted. Is that at BYU he turned the team around from a middling team and they went to a bowl game every year and now that he's left they were fine last year which with you know his players right. uh, I think they're like something like one and five this week um well you can stat check us on that one or or Mike on that. but I mean that's just kind of incredible that Bronco has the loss of him seems like it's been pretty valuable in the wrong way for BYU and the gain of him seems
0: pretty good for UVA I mean yeah and and you know that's what I've always kind of said was. You know, let him get his players in, into the program because he was playing with Mike London's players last year. And I don't even know if he has um, that now though. But I, I think he's. It started. It started, and you know, what 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 is he? What is uh, BYU? BYU is one and five. They won the opener, and they're on a five-game losing streak. Thanks, Will. No okay. Bronco, no winning. Hey, you know that's that's a catchy that's a catchy slogan <laughs> right there. Um, it almost rhymes. It's almost it almost rhymes, but yeah. So. Um, Basically, when you let him get his players and instill his culture into the team, I think this is kind of the result we were all hoping for. We were all expecting and, and you know, credit to the UVA athletic program for getting him in here and, and you know, credit to Bronco for, for turning this team around and actually making me excited to go to games.
2: Yeah, hopefully they can keep this up. Uh, we're cheering you on UVA football. Uh, it's been some great stuff this year. Some big time wins.
0: All right. So we're going to transition into
2: our drop the mic for this week. I'm going to start and it's a I'm pleading. I'm hoping for my local team, not my favorite team, but my local team, the Washington Nationals, please, just this one time, please give us a Game 5 win. Please. I mean, this has gone on way too long. They've been among the best teams in the MLB since 2012, and they've had just heartbreak after heartbreak after heartbreak in the playoffs, have not escaped that first round. I've been to a couple of the games um never seen them win in the playoffs and it's just uh it's time it's time for them they play uh tonight this release Thursday so they played tonight against the cubs tonight is the night they they turn they flip the page they, they turn the corner over the hump give me something please oh
0: man i let the let the listeners know what i'm doing over here Mike. he's got the uh <sighs> the choke the choke hands yeah, it's a consistent DC sports theme. Yep, no, so, no
2: semifinals in it for a DC team since I believe two thousand or two thousand one. It's been that, a long time. That trend will continue. So you're picking Cubs. I am picking Cubs in five, like yeah. I've always said. Cubs in five. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just hoping at this point they, uh, you know, in Nationals fashion, they they keep it tight, they keep it interesting, they make you think they have a chance. Uh, but now is the time for them they, because, it, and i we mentioned this last week when we had Daniel on and was talking, we're talking about baseball is that their narrative has really become that team. That's really good, but can't escape in the, you know, the first round in the playoffs. And at some point that's, yeah, that's got to change or else it's going to almost become like a permanent thing. So this this is the year I'm pleading Nationals, just give me one game. Get into Who's the pitching? semifinals. Who's pitching? So for the Cubs, uh, Will, you can also check us on this. I believe it's Hendricks who started game one. For the Nationals, they used Strasburg um, in today's right, game. Right, yeah, I saw that. Because originally Dusty messed something up and he wasn't going to be able to pitch, something like that. He had the flu. He had the flu, the mold in Chicago, who knows. Uh, they had the rain out. Um, yesterday. So then Strasburg kind of came in and said, I'm feeling good today. Pitch the gem, no runs. Um, but they can't really pitch Scherzer. He pitched really well on, I guess it was Tuesday, but that's, that's only three days rest. That's Wednesday, Tuesday, or uh, two days, rest, two days rest. So you can't really, I don't know. Yeah. Two days rest. So you can't really <laughs> go to him. I think it'll be Gio Gonzalez for the Nats. Um, on short rest. Um, but then you gotta do what you gotta do. So the Cubs may be a little bit more fresh. Um, with their guys, but big game. It'll be a really fun baseball game to watch. I'm, I'm rooting for the Cubs there. Yeah, it's a, that's sad. It's the same, same time as a big Thursday night football game, which we'll get to later, so I'm excited for,
0: for those two, uh, to come on. All right, Mike, we got a good one with you, your squad. My Lay it squad on is blowing up the news right now. Dominique rogers cromartie allegedly, so here's what, it first came out that he left the team practice today. Then it came out that he actually got suspended for half a day. That well, was it? Half got suspended. Good for job, Ben for, McAdoo. Wait got a, suspended for the for the rest of the day. It's wait, like a, got, wait put your foot he, down. He got sent home early from school. Um, and for getting in an altercation with Ben McAdoo. So apparently at halftime in the Chargers game, Cromartie took his pads off, almost got into a fight with a player in the locker room, an unnamed player. Then hurt himself on a play on a deep ball, right? McAdoo pulls him because he's hurt. Then some altercation happens there. The altercation spills over Monday, Tuesday, into Wednesday practice. Today, he goes into McAdoo's office. They get into another altercation. Altercation is the word used by Landon Collins. So that's why, you know, we got a little inside scoop there. Um, But, yeah, it's just unbelievable. And at this point, you know, we talked about this in our class, but I'm just rooting for things to just go as south as possible because I need McAdoo out of there and I need Reese out of there because if we're going to get a top five pick, I need to be, you know, able to trust the dude that's making that pick. Yeah, the Giants are
2: in complete shambles. You love to see it for a season. You know, even as uh, you're a Giants fan, obviously. Yeah, I think you can deal with it for one season. I mean, oh, you've, yeah. you've committed. This was one of my big my big uh, predictions at the beginning of the year was that we're going to see teams embrace the tank. Um, the Giants, I don't think they really fit into that category. Definitely was not on our minds or my mind when I said that. But this is a team I think their fans maybe can, can accept it for one year. I mean,
0: bring it on. Bring it I'm, I'm embracing it. Yeah, no, I would love to see a Saquon Barkley in a Giants uniform.
2: I wouldn't. But I Yeah, I mean they're at this point, they're in complete shambles. Uh who would have thought that Dougie P's emerging as the best coach in the NFC East over Ben McAdoo, is
0: no good. No good. But yeah. I mean talking about shambles, let's 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 go into our, our first topic here. Uh, who's that? <laughs> uh, who's that of the week? Uh Steven Green, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having um, me. Um if if I say the word shambles,
1: what what US or what U.S. team comes to mind? I mean, it, it was just embarrassing. They had ten games, five home, five away, and they they scraped twelve points out. And obviously, heartbreak on the last day. I think the stat was ESPN gave them a ninety-two percent chance. Ninety-three, to I think. Ninety-three, uh, yeah. and and they just dropped the ball and. Bruce Arena's got to be in the hot seat, even though he's only been there for a few months now.
2: <laughs> That's a UVA guy. We support UVA guys
0: on this podcast. I'm not supporting, supporting that anymore. If, you, if you
1: can't qualify and conquer half,
0: there's a problem. I <laughs> mean, this dude, they looked, I watched the game, they looked flat. The only I, person I saw giving any effort was, you know, the guy Pulisic. But Dempsey came on at half and, and was the only other player I, I saw that really wanted it. And, you know, you, you would think that with a tie – Essentially ensuring them getting into the World Cup, that they would you know at least show a lull fight. But it, it kind of goes back to it. Do you think that they just expected to, to Costa Rica and Mexico to, to win or draw?
1: I mean, the, the way I look at it is the team just had no identity, and they're rallying behind Kristen Pulisic, who's obviously has a chance to be a superstar. Obviously, starting Champions League in Dortmund, and he's looked really well. And with the departure of Usman Dembele to Barcelona, who'll really mm-hmm. have that role to shine. Right. But at the same time, even when Lionel Messi was that age, the team wasn't specifically built around him. It was built around the team. And I think Bruce Arena has made some tactical mishaps in in creating the identity. And it really shows with the lack of heart and effort they played with outside of Pulisic and Dempsey, as you mentioned.
0: Right. And I think you can even boil it down just to U.S. soccer, the federation in general, mm-hmm. and how they've decided to build to build their youth programs. Um there's a lack of continuity that you see in other, you know, European federations that, you know, they start them young and they have, you know, clubs, and, but it's not pay to play. And that's the biggest thing that, that U.S. soccer doesn't have, is you need to have money to be able to play soccer at the club level when you're the when you're youth. And that's not the best way to get the best players.
1: Yeah, youth development is is really different in soccer as compared to other sports, especially in America. When we look at football, basketball, it's really AAU, high school, college, and that's how you get to it, where soccer, you need to be working with kids when they're four or five and really develop them because there's such a technical aspect of the game, and it's also something that's very mental, and and you need to learn it as you grow.
0: I have a
2: question uh, for you guys. I'm going to butt in here on the soccer conversation. So um, we get to 2018, we're going to be in the summer, I guess the World Cup starts in what, June or something like that. So what are all of these phony soccer, Amer- American soccer fans going to do for three weeks during the World Cup with no team?
0: Uh, we mean, Are we supporting, who are, you, who's, who are you guys supporting? Take a team, pick a team. I mean, so first to comment on that, I think it's a, it's a huge issue because soccer had been gaining momentum after the 2014 World Cup. You know, the MOS has been growing. It's not huge, but it's been growing in popularity and that's what you need. You need constant growth. And this could really set soccer back, just in general. In what a shame! What and a shame! Mike, you know, we we don't agree on on, on much, and I'm gonna uh, I'm a little frustrated with that comment um, because you know you should be rooting against a gro- the growth of a sport in general. Ah, eh, well, it has nothing to do with. It's not like a
2: personal thing. It's... As, as much of a sport guy as you are, shouldn't you want all sports to succeed? I do, but I think there becomes a uh, saturation of the players where I don't want our best athletes playing soccer. I want them playing the sports that selfishly that I enjoy, which honestly where we have the bigger advantages, basketball, football, um, even baseball, that's where I want to see our athletes go. Those are the sports I enjoy. So uh, soccer losing some momentum at the cost of, you know, some national pride. um, I I think I am definitely more on the side of I'm willing to, to take the hit, but uh, but Steve, is there is there any remedy for the World Cup? I mean, if you're uh, a casual soccer fan at most, how much does this, in your opinion, sap the interest of for the casual American fan? Sure. So
1: obviously the U.S. naturally draws some interest, but in years past they're not they're just not a force in, in world football, and and that's something that definitely needs to be taken into consideration. And I and I almost think that the style that they play is unattractive. I agree. And and if you get a casual sports fan to watch teams that have a good system, that have good players and continuity with coaches and, and really the system, I, I think it's just much more interesting from a tactical and also a physical perspective.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with that. The, the, the long ball approach that U.S. soccer has played is just ugly. And, you know, it's not the way football, soccer, it, it's, it's
1: what Van Hall played with the Netherlands in the 2014. It got into the semis and obviously they had a lot better players, including von Persie and Robin. Who, who at the time were two of, of Europe's premier attackers, yeah. but the U.S. just doesn't have the talent up front, and they really don't have any capable midfielders to, to get right. the ball moving.
0: Um, so, so to answer your, your point about who, who's the U.S. going to support? Yeah, who we, are you picking up? I mean, you know, I'm going to go with the, with the underdog, the the Cinderella story, Iceland. Are they in it? They are in it. Okay, cool. The smallest nation, the smallest to ever nation to ever to qualify. You want to know? I heard this is taken from an ESPN. How range. much smaller are they than the United States? Uh, they are the size of Corpus Christi, Texas. Well, Corpus Christi, tiny, tiny, tiny <laughs> town <laughs> <Tiny laughs> from
2: our, from our, from our resident Texas experts. So, so yeah. a little country like that. And I, I remember um, they had some success in whatever the European, the, the European team yeah, they, they, they knocked, knocked him out in the
1: round of 16, which was incredible.
2: Yeah. So they've had some success. They're probably a better team than us. I mean, how they are a better
1: yeah, team. Professor Goodson's a, a top player in Europe.
2: Okay, so that's a real team. Um, it's kind of <laughs> that a is a real team. So it's a, it's <laughs> embarrassing that that a team like that's better. I I love just abbreviating Trinidad and, and Tobago to TNT. Beat the U.S. men's national team um, the uh, the other night. There, a little TNT. and TNT. Um, TNT. But Steve, who are you who are you picking up
0: with?
1: Yeah. So obviously going away from CONCACAF and moving to the South American qualifiers. Lionel Messi's performance last night against Ecuador, scoring a hat-trick with barely any touches on the ball, and a truly shambolic performance from the other 10 players on the pitch. I mean, how would you not want to see him go out and potentially his last World Cup with a win? He came so close in 2014, losing to Germany, because Gonzalo Higuain's a bottler at the top level. (laughs) And, I mean, Messi Messi is honestly one of the most – unlucky players in the game he is he carried that team to the finals yeah, he he's carried them to qualify and, and it's a feat that they're even in it i
0: know i just it, he just can't sh- seem to shake the the ghost of the national team and that that lack of championship and it's annoying because you know that's what people that that say like you know he's not the greatest of all time they point to that and you're like man do you even watch this this guy play
1: yeah, so it's, it's unbelievable. We can visit this Maradona-Messi controversy, which which is really just a dumbfounded argument. If you look at the heart of it, people yeah. claim that because Maradona won the World Cup, that he's a superior player right. than Lionel. But Messi has accomplished so much more at the club level in an era when soccer or European football is just so much better. Right. And he he literally was the sole reason that they even made the finals, and he he just dragged them. I yeah. mean, it, the system was terrible. The the players are awful. Di Maria. I don't know how he's in the starting eleven. He, he, I don't got anybody better He's play. embarrassing. I mean, they Apollo Dibala, who who obviously plays a very similar role, left footer. He likes to come in and, and move the ball. And, and He Guan not even made the rosters. But I mean, the, their midfielder. I don't. I you can't even rate any of the yeah. players. It's embarrassing.
2: Yeah. So I uh, can't guarantee that we're gonna get back to soccer before the world cup starts on this podcast. Uh, We're not making any, any guarantees here. Um, So before, before we transition um, back to um, some American uh, sports here, um, give me a couple other quickly, maybe two teams each um, that you're also looking out for to be successful. Maybe another underdog that, uh, that you'll be interested in, in the world cup, Mike, you can start and uh, Steve, you can give us the last two and we'll switch.
0: All right. Um, I'm going to stay in the Eastern hemisphere, uh, with the Ticos of Costa Rica. I'm a big fan of the Ticos. And um, look out for James Rodriguez, playing well on Colombia uh, in in their in their qualifiers. Um, I've always been a fan of Colombia. They got Quadrado up front, the speedster. The Quadrominator. Um, <laughs> so I, those are the two teams to watch for me.
1: Yeah, so I think there's two potentially interesting teams that really have a chance of winning it. One is Portugal, obviously coming off the Euros. I mean, they're, their team's young, and... As as although Ronaldo is a little, he's definitely on the decline, just the veteran presence. Mm-hmm. He brings in the, his ability to stretch the back lines huge. And then, I mean, they, they just have so many great young players in the pipeline. And, and I think that that win in the Euros really solidified their chance. But also, this France team is just loaded with great players. I mean, you, Usman Dembele, Kylian Mbappe, Lamar, all up front, and then I, you, you I have haven't veterans. heard of a
2: single one of you, those guys.
1: You bring in the veteran presence of an Olivier Giroud, and, and obviously the emerging star at Barcelona, Samuel Mtitti, who who arguably is a top five center back in Europe at this moment, which is incredible considering he's only 23. But you also put Emric Laporte or Kachelle on the other side of him, and it, it's magical. I mean, they 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 really have a chance to be a special team. Yeah, similar to how Spain was obviously when they won the World Cup in, in 2010, and and kind of have the, the back-to-back heroes to complement that.
2: Is Zidane going to headbutt someone in the finals this time?
1: Zidane will not be out there because he coaches Real Madrid. Bummer. <laughs> okay,
2: so now we're going to transition into, as promised, uh, a week five Much NFL like recap. i
0: on solid ground. Yep. i I am back
2: in <laughs> charted territory here. Um, just kind of go through some of the big headlines from the week. I would say overall – Pretty down week. Maybe not the most exciting. We had some good teams on bye. Um, but obviously, the game of the week, hands down, uh, Green Bay at Dallas. That's a
0: big-time game right there. That is there. a big-time game. Um, you know, I saw a photo of, of Dallas Cowboy fans celebrating with one minute and 13 they seconds. They had left. to have known. You had, You gotta know. You leave one minute 13 seconds left for Aaron Rodgers. You've seen it before. You literally saw
2: it, like, you know, a couple months, like six to seven months ago in the playoffs. Um I thought it was funny how that game and I'd mentioned this before uh if if Green Bay had not have made that extra point and they won the game 34 to 31 I believe that was the same score that they beat Dallas by in right. that playoff game last yes. year so I was really rooting for that to happen uh it didn't quite happen but still a demoralizing loss for the
0: Cowboys um it just and- solidifies your buddy Aaron Rodgers you know, I place in history. I had, like,
1: there how, you go. How impressive was Dak Prescott in this game, though? I mean, his defense gave him no help, and he was just making throw after throw. Zeke and gave he, him no help either. And he, he just looks phenomenal.
2: Yeah, I, I've i kind of uh, obviously I'm a Carson Wentz guy, um, but I think over the past, especially this year, I've kind of swung into Dak as very much so in that upper, knocking on the door that upper <laughs> echelon of quarterbacks. I've and been he just extremely impressed. Mistakes. Well, yeah, even the pick six was not, it was not his fault whatsoever.
0: Terrence Williams' hands. No. But I
2: mean, so think about this. Uh, so Dallas lost two home games in a row. Rams, and you know, not a bad team. Packers, obviously, a pretty good team. Um, they're two games behind those Philadelphia Eagles in that division. Are these losses? I mean, is that and their schedule is brutal too. They got yeah. Falcons still on there. The AFC West team still on there. Is this a playoff team?
0: It's gonna be close. Uh, I I. I don't know if I can, you know, officially say that they're they're gonna they're gonna slide into that wild card spot. I don't think that they're gonna win the NFC East. I think that's gonna come down to the the Redskins or the Eagles. So the Eagles um, have
2: a one and a half games on the Skins. Also, they have a week and a half before a full week and a half Thursday to Monday um, before they play the Redskins at home next game. The Eagles win that game. I mean, is it?
0: It's so locked up, maybe. No, I mean, geez. It's not I'm not I'm not gonna say that. No. You will not hear me say that until week seventeen when when Wow, it might be clinched and I, I, I will not say it until week seventeen. <laughs> <laughs> when it is when it is done. Yeah. But um, you know, I gotta give it to you. You know, they did what they had to do. They beat up on a trash team in the Arizona Cardinals. And, you know, all the power to you. Well, I mean, I, I said
2: this um, coming into the week, I said it last week that you know, it's one thing to win games against teams you're better than, and to win them close, and that matters. It's the NFL; you got to find ways to win games, but you got to emphatically beat the bad teams. By all accounts, Arizona, pretty bad team, really bad team. Um, they beat up on them; they slaughtered them. It was—I mean, the they, Cardinals traveling east, tough game. 21-0 in the first quarter. Uh, Steve, I know you—you you watch the game. You're generally not super, super high on the Eagles, but uh, any thoughts you had about that game in particular? Maybe you want to pivot to uh, to another another uh, area of. Of, uh, the NFC?
1: Sure, the, so the game it reminded me of was Bucks-Bears week two and it was just a slaughter and the game was over and, and you really, I mean Carson Wentz made some nice throws throughout the game but a game like that is just not indicative of a quarterback's overall play. I think the defense played very well and I think I mean Carson did make some good throws but the, the game was really wrapped up and then you're just in run the clock out mode for the remainder of the three quarters. So I mean it, it was impressive the start they got off to. I'm not taking anything away from that but i would just say after that you should be a little hesitant in making judgments yeah
0: i, I completely agree um we're going to we're going to see you know the real tests versus the panthers um unfortunately it, ha- it it's coming on a thursday night which you know you hate to see that and lane johnson out. i know you're about to say that no 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 um, i was going to say i, I was going to say
2: this is the best Thursday night football game. That's not an opening night game or Thanksgiving game. Like it's a ever, lot of qualifiers, like ever. But it's a lot of qualifiers. But, so think two, about there's like
0: teams is the best. Game there's now. like thirteen. There's
2: like thirteen of them a year. And think about like how awful Thursday night like the, games the, usually are. The game and they scheduled
0: even, this. The game has even. No, no, no I'm
2: not. Yet. I'm not saying that it's going to be the greatest Thursday night game of all time. I'm saying that the two teams playing in it is like the best matchup. It's one of the best Thursday night matchups. That's not like a Thanksgiving or opening night matchup. Like ever. This is not me just saying this. This is like an all
0: time great Thursday night matchup. But it sounds like An all easy. time and great all, yeah, in that's a,
1: weeks. I mean that's, 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 that's a just, lot to say. There's like, no like, basis you know,
0: to look, that plan. You can't even name the other Thursday night games for the rest of the year. How are you just I mean, say that? Uh,
1: I mean the Bucks Patriots game was, that was pretty interesting good. in the sense that you get a very young team in the Bucks going oh. up against Brady. Chief and the Raiders? Patriots, who have been struggling, Chiefs Raiders is going to be pretty good. But to say it's the one of the greatest games of all time is absurd. It's, it's greatest. Absurd. It's
2: greatest in its slot. That's what I'm saying. It's looking. It's looking forward. Uh, Steve, we don't talk about the Bucks that often. Um, your
0: Bucky's a little. Yeah. So
2: Steve. so we'll talk about them. So um, you were actually at the game in Tampa. So a little bit different of a perspective um, from us watching on TV. Uh, personally, I'm a little disappointed with Jameis. Um, I thought he was going to take a big step forward. He got his yards in that game. Um, and, you know, he's been pretty good this year. And, like, the, you guys are going to say, oh, this is you just saying this. I think Carson Wentz is on the e- – he's eclipsing uh, Jameis Winston at this point. So, Tampa, 2-2. Two and two. Um, Who do they have this week, Steven? They the uh, so, they're playing the team that the Eagles just beat. But they play them um, on the road. How do you feel about that one?
1: I mean, it'll be interesting to see, obviously, with the Adrian Peterson trade, how, how they kind of develop their run game because they've had the worst – rushing attack in the NFL. And I mean AP looks a little washed up honestly, but I mean he, he could bring some some passion and, and some flair out for him. That'll help. But I mean Carson Palmer's just looked abysmal. Yeah. And this is, it, a must win, though, it, it is a must win though. It absolutely is a must-win. And obviously last year they, they go out there after beating the Falcons week one and get slaughtered forty one to seven. Oh, Jame- I remember that. Jameis game. threw four picks, two of which were like deflections off his receiver's hands, but it it was ugly. Doug Martin got hurt. And that was a really bad look. And you kind of saw something similar this season after the Bucs beat the Bears and then they go to the Vikings and Case Keenum lights them up for the third year in a row. You
0: love to see the Case Keenum annual destroy the Bucks. I
1: mean, it's, it's, it's a shame, but yeah. it is what it is.
0: That's a
2: good segue into just talking about week six in general. We're into that mid-October part of the schedule. You really start seeing who are contenders and who are pretenders. Uh, Mike, is there any game that sticks out to you? I think an interesting one uh, is that uh, Steelers at the Chiefs in the 4:30 slot, the Romo game. Um, Steelers losing badly Steelers at home. Awful to the Jaguars. They looked, they looked horrendous. Yeah, I mean Ben, ben Rodgers. Just- there's another guy. I've been well, saying I mean, it all. Receptions. I've been saying it all week that you know the Dax and the Carson Wentz's of the world have moved ahead of those '04 guys, the let's, Rivers, let's Eli, down, course, and Big Ben. But I'm just saying. I mean, five picks at home, they're usually I, good. I not, I am not confident.
0: I would say that.
1: that uh, but but besides off,
0: that, I would take Carson you know, besides that, that off point, before. though. That's so that really alarming for but the Steelers. It, it is alarming, but but it's one game. So let's let's pump the ball. No, we, I mean, but not too much. The Jags do have the, the Jags best pass, pass defense is, in the I league. Mean,
1: Jalen Ramsey is, is phenomenal. Put him against put him he, with, alongside AJ Bouye. Exactly.
0: That's the two lowest completion percentage when being targeted in the league. One and two. And Cam Lewis Campbell
1: front, he generates a lot of pressure and helps. Malik Jackson has all stuff in the run. They got a good defense. I mean, they just got Blake Bottles at quarterback. That's <laughs> their main problem. I mean, hey,
0: if he's if he's just going to run the ball to Leonard Fournette 19 straight times in the, in the second half or whatever it was. Yeah, I remember reading something that said no quarterback, which is essentially what the
2: Jags have, and their usage of Blake Bortles is, Bortles is better than a bad quarterback. So they've just completely taken right. Bortles out it's of the it's game. Smart. It's and not- and speaking of the Jags. I think they're kind of in an interesting game this week. We have the Ra- who would have thought two upcomers in two week six of 2017 that the Rams at the Jaguars is like somewhat an
0: intriguing game. <laughs> well, who, got, I mean, I think it is. Got two, three, and two. What's the last time both of those teams have been above 500 in week five? This, yeah forever ago. I mean think and, about
2: just the the brand quality of a Rams at Jaguars game yeah. and and it's in
0: the, it's in the it's in the the Sunday afternoon time slot. Nah, no, but it's in the bad the, the, the oh, Sunday. True, afternoon. True. So it's a local but, only. But but we're going to get to see Jared Goff, see how he rebounds from a tough game against it's Seattle. He's playing an even better passing defense corner you guys.
1: Is this game in the Duval or is it in It is uh it
0: is in the Duval. Good stuff. Yes. Um but you know I'm looking forward to the AFC East powerhouse matchup of the the New York Jets hosting the New England Patriots, we're gonna see a couple of plus 500 over, teams over 500 there. Are, are the Jets the
2: real deal? I'm gonna go with I said, no. no. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was okay. a debate, a little bit of a debate. They beat up on some real quality teams. Uh, the Browns, the Jaguars, and the uh, Dolphins.
0: You know um, but, mean, but that being said, man, like you, you, gotta beat up on the teams that you're supposed to right, beat up on, right? Right, but you yeah, gotta win so emphatically.
2: They, they have twenty
0: to nothing's pretty emphatic, right? I think the Dolphins scored twenty really to well. three. Twenty to three. Twenty,
2: yeah, three. I think six. Yeah, three or three, six. No three. touchdowns. Yikes. <laughs> um yeah so uh, the jets um you know you know home game that's why i was really thinking if new england had lost to tampa you know that could have been that like, could have been, a, that been a, like a, like a trap a season, series yeah. Yeah. yeah um so that kind of does it for just kind of a quick preview for next week so that'll bring us right into our all 267 uh looking back on last week um not so good for for either of us i i picked up a uh five and nine record you know I thought a lot of the games I picked would have been close. I thought I had a chance. Um, and, and it really, you know, even looking back over the ones I picked, I don't think I regret anything. It just
0: did not work out. That's how the—that's how football goes. It's parody. How'd you do, Mike? I, I actually, you know, I had thought I went 6-8. Then I remember that the Panthers actually won. So I'm 7-7. Seven and, seven. and I'm going to take, you know, if I'm going forward at a 500 pace, which I have been for the past, you know, three weeks, that's pretty remarkable, by the way. But, um, you know, I'm gonna take that because that's just gonna widen my gap on you. I've got a comfy four-game lead. I'm feeling pretty good.
2: Yeah, I don't, I don't blame you. Um, so let's let's go into uh, this week's picks. Steve, you can look over what we have and feel free to chime in. Um, do you have Mike anything for me that's just out of this world bad? I think I think you do.
0: Um, I do. Uh, I don't know what five weeks ago me was thinking, but I have the Browns riding. Strong into Houston, and, and beating up on the Texans. Not good. I'm I'm gonna come out and say that it, it's it's not not good. It's bad. No
2: no bueno. Also, it's, can it's, we can we do a little rewind to last week where you said that the Panthers winning at the Lions was a worse pick than the uh, Cardinals winning at the Eagles? Can we talk about that for a second? Yeah, let's talk about it. Um, how that was garbage. Remains to be garbage. Uh, I, and I will I, call I, you out on that because okay. you and you know it too. I don't. I don't it's know. It's pure it. bias. You're. You're literally. I, your points are off. I, it was like twenty plus twenty-seven for the Eagles, minus three six. I, whatever. You know.
0: You know. Sometimes uh, just, the cards don't fall your way, but I'm and not literally gonna, the cards. Cardinal. I'm not, card not, not going to go back. Like like you're not going to go back and look at some of the picks you made. I'm not going to go back no, and but, say that my pick was wrong.
2: But it, I, it wasn't like looking back at your pick. It was like you going into last week knew that it was uh, a
0: bad pick. And you I just didn't see yeah, it. I I don't think it was a bad pick. So. It, it was a bad pick. I well, mean, that's, 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 that's game. Every,
1: everything's a bad pick in, in hindsight if it doesn't. Go hey, I got
2: good pick. hindsight vision, but I also had good foresight on that one that the Eagles were, were going to do away with uh, Arizona, which, which they basically, which they really did. So uh, for me uh, this week, I'm not liking, and I, I have a defense for this. Um, I have the Colts winning at Tennessee. Mariota's game time decision. Uh, Jacoby Brissett's actually been playing pretty well. That's a trash pick. It isn't a good
1: pick. you didn't know that. But I I was assuming Andrew Luck would be
2: playing. That's my play. Thank you, Steve. I I, I, he wasn't going to be playing. I thought Andrew Luck was going to be bad.
0: you a
1: medical doctor? I am. That's impressive.
2: (laughs) Yeah, so I don't feel good about that one. But again, um, I I think I I have a loaded week coming. 16 0? So. Uh, like, we're like, not like going to hold off on that Like two weeks ago. So uh, we have the same picks, <laughs> yeah, Bucks, except Cardinals
1: picks a little questionable. Okay, regarding... I,
2: you know what? I I don't like that pick. Vaughn and Levante I see... are
1: back this week.
2: Yeah, I don't like that one at all. But otherwise, we have the same picks. Um, except you have the Titans, um, you have the Browns against the and Texans, the and then you I'll have, have the and you have the Bucks and the Rams. Where I took the home teams there, so uh, Jacksonville like, against the Rams, and then there's, Cardinals there's against. There's
0: not going to be much difference going into next week.
2: Yeah, we'll see those couple games. I say they might. I'd say they generally lean in
0: your favor. Uh, besides that Browns besides that Browns game, but yeah. hey, who knows? Kevin Hogan went 14 for 19 with two yeah. touchdowns in the first. You're, saying, you're, half. you're gonna build that lead. What a player! What a player!
2: All right, so uh, like I said, short and sweet this week. Will, do we have a, a score update for the um,
0: Indians-Yankees
2: game? I don't think I think it's still going on.
0: Yeah, I think it is. All, all it's interesting right
2: series, man. The Yankees came back. They blew game two, um, but here they here they go. So it's three to two right now. So next week we'll we'll go and, uh, and recap probably what's happened in baseball so far. So, Steve, thank you for joining us, talking thank some you, soccer. Thank we, you for having me. Yeah, we can't, we can't do that with just me and Mike here because I'm a liability. Yeah, uh, a very big. When it comes him. to that to that sport. Um, but we are happy to have you on. You're a probable future sacrifice. <laughs> yep, that's exactly. Um, so we will uh, see you guys
0: next week. Thanks for listening. We like sports and we don't care who knows. I'm shooting hoops to the Super Bowl. We like sports and we don't care who knows. Football,
2: football, football. Tennis, hockey, football. Lucky Land Casino
1: asking people, "What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?"
0: Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess. Aha! In my dentist's office.